Welcome to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about the Illinois Supreme Court upholding the end of cash bail, and after three years, a federal judge dismissing the bribery case against ComEd in the scheme involving former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. Madigan still faces charges. I'll then join the Center Square executive editor, Dan McCaleb, to further discuss the news. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Breaking news, that's what the Center Square does best. The stories other media outlets refuse to report, the Center Square's breaking them all the time. Stories about government waste and political spending, stories about partisan agendas that hijack your tax dollars. The Center Square has it all covered and delivers the biggest news to your inbox as it happens. Sign up now for your state's Center Square newsletters at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. With the Illinois Supreme Court decision to end money bond statewide, prosecutors and the law enforcement community are bracing for impact. Tuesday, the Illinois Supreme Court upheld the Pretrial Fairness Act as constitutional. County court systems across the state have 60 days to implement, supporting the end of cash bail statewide. Lake County State's Attorney Eric Reinhardt said there are still sureties that a court can require of criminal defendants awaiting trial, like not contacting a particular person or not violating other laws. And if those conditions are violated, judges absolutely have the discretion to put somebody uh, in custody because they've been, you know, they've been given their chance to follow the rules. Illinois Sheriff's Association President Jim Kaichek said the end of cash bail will require more resources for law enforcement on the streets. We're going to have people that, instead of issuing warrants in a lot of cases, a summons will to appear will be the case. And the process for us being able to deliver them, it's going to be a lot more workload uh, put on the sheriff's office moving forward. After the January 1st effective date was suspended pending court action, which came this week, no cash bail will now go into effect September 18th. A state representative says the wrong message is being sent by dropping the case against ComEd for its role in the alleged bribery scheme involving former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. Three years ago, federal prosecutors revealed a deferred prosecution agreement with ComEd alleging the nearly decade-long scheme. Monday, a federal judge dropped the case against ComEd. The utilities CEO said in a statement they've complied with the DPA and continue their focus on integrity and ethical behavior and building trust among their customers. Republican State Representative Ryan Spain said the $200 million fine the utility paid doesn't offset the more than $2 billion the company got for their shareholders. I think it's a small drop in the bucket what they had to pay, and I worry it sends the wrong message to entities throughout the state of Illinois that you can do wrong, pay a small fine, and continue to do your business. The case against Madigan continues. He's pleaded not guilty and faces trial next year. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, I'll join the Center Square executive editor, Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. No spin, no agenda, just the news. That is what The Center Square gives readers every day. Covering vital issues like crime, border policies, and education, The Center Square focuses on holding state and federal government accountable to you, the American taxpayer. Sign up for your state's Center Square newsletter at thecentersquare.com. No spin, no agenda, just news. That's thecentersquare.com.
freedom, individualism, limited government? On these issues, conservatives and libertarians generally agree. But where do we disagree? Check out the Future of Freedom podcast for civil, reasoned conversations about some of today's most pressing topics. It's not a debate. Our goal is to provide the best arguments from either side of an issue. Then you decide. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at americastalking.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Greetings and welcome to Illinois in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Joining me today is Greg Bishop, our Capitol Bureau senior reporter and editor here in Illinois. Greg, how are you? You know, Dan, uh, we, we, of course, are in the, the heat of summer, but uh, it's been a pretty wild week when it comes to news. Uh, there's never a shortage of things to talk about in Illinois. You got that right. I was uh, on the road traveling for work for about a week and a half. I get back, ask you what to ask you this morning during our Illinois news budget call, what uh, what's there to talk about? And <laughs> we had to start pairing things up. Why don't we start with a story that you've been following for well over a year, sort of hit the head right before the holidays at the end of 2022, when a provision of Illinois Safety Act was about to go in, into effect on January 1, that being the cashless bail provision, the Illinois Supreme Court halted that on New Year's Eve, but now there's been some resolution to it as the Supreme Court came back and said that the law is constitutional. Challenges challenges to the law um, had, had tried to block it, but now the Supreme Court has ruled. You covered that this week. Tell us about it. So the uh, Safety Act, the Safety, Accountability, uh, Fairness, Equity Today Act, it was passed in early 2021. This was at the tail end of the 101st General Assembly uh, before the 102nd General Assembly came on. And this actually originally passed, and it's a, a large sweeping police regulation and criminal justice reform bill that touches on all kinds of things from body cameras for police to what kinds of holds they can or cannot use on criminal defendants uh, to even the uh, end of cash bail. Uh, different provisions went into effect at different dates, and the end of cash bail was set to go into effect January 1st of 2023. Again, from the Safety Act that passed all the way in early 2021. Uh, but the Safety Act underwent uh, several uh, changes with updates to clarify language. But then, if, if you recall, we had an election last year. And in the lead up to that November 2022 election, a lot of the politics circled around the idea of the Safety Act and the implementation of no cash bail, which would have meant that uh, certain violent criminals could have been released from jail pending trial uh, while they uh, were still innocent until proven guilty. Uh, you had law enforcement worried that that could have meant uh, violent criminals would be back out on the streets because there wouldn't have been cash bail. Uh, so there was a lot of politics in the heat up to uh, uh, the November election. Uh, Democrats ca came out on top here in Illinois. Uh, but they still went back and changed the Safety Act to clarify that violent offenders can be held behind bars pending trial, while the uh, nonviolent offenders uh, can can have different types of sureties, but just no cash bail. So the, the measure passed, uh, and it was set to be implemented uh, January 1st of 2023. But as you said, you had state's attorneys across the, the state challenge the measure, and in Kankakee County uh, on New Year's 
Year's Eve, uh, a judge issued uh, uh, an order saying it was unconstitutional, that it violated the state's separation of powers and the Victim's Bill of Rights in the Illinois Constitution. Uh, The Illinois Supreme Court had to come in and say, well, we've got to put this law on hold while the appeal process happens. So March, the Supreme Court heard it. They heard both sides. Uh, The prosecutors uh, from uh, various uh, state's attorney's offices raising their concerns that this will mean more resources, that this will uh, possibly put uh, sheriff's deputies in harm's way for having to issue subpoenas or, uh, you know, orders to show up to court and uh, questions about, uh, you know, taking the power away from the judiciary and local governments. Uh, So they made their arguments and then it was a time of waiting. Uh, And uh, from March till Tuesday this past week, uh, the question was, which direction is the court going to go? Well, on Tuesday, they announced that uh, they're siding with the Pretrial Fairness Act and ending cash bail with 60 days given to local county courts to implement the policy. And a lot of reaction across the board. Of course, the uh, Pretrial Fairness Act uh, supporters, they praised the decision as history-making. It makes Illinois the first state in the nation to have statewide no-cash bail. Uh, And uh, you've got uh, the group saying that people are innocent until proven guilty and requiring cash bail. Uh, It impacts uh, people who are of lesser means and minority groups, while rich people can bail themselves out. But the opponents say that there's still a lot of problems with the proposal, with the policy that's set to take place September 18th. Uh, and ultimately, uh, they they say they're going to have to go back to the legislature and show where there are significant problems in this uh, and concerns about repeat offenders uh, and people being let out on a uh, simple charge and then possibly being uh, out to where they could uh, uh, commit a much more uh, violent charge. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of back and forth in this, and we've got less than two months for it to be implemented and how these counties across the state make this happen. That's going to be something we'll have to watch closely. Beginning then September 18th, the cashless bail provision will put, be put into uh, effect. Most people who have been arrested for crimes um, will be able to be released from jail while they're pending their trial, effective September 18th. And the, and the concern is that some violent offenders will reoffend after they get out while they're waiting for their the, the previous case to to get to go through the court system that's essentially the biggest concern yes yeah, no, no question. Um, the, 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 the ability for somebody to say, um, when I talked with the Sheriff's Association, Jim Kaichek, he, uh, laid this out. He said somebody could go to a, a big box store, walk out with a big screen TV, get arrested, be booked, and then be put right back out on the streets to possibly reoffend. Uh, and, uh, talking with the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, they criticized the outcome saying that, uh, they're going to have to make sure that the public knows that Police are now they're going to have their hands tied uh, and they're worried that uh, that morale for law enforcement's uh, going to continue to take a hit in Illinois because of this. Uh, while the public, uh, the Fraternal Order of Police told me that uh, I don't think uh, they said that they don't think that uh, the public really understands the uh, the impacts that ending cash bail is going to have on the streets and for public safety. Well, I guess we're all going to find out beginning September 18th and uh, from then on. And this this is the end. This is the end of the court battle over this uh, issue. Greg, there's no more 
appeals to be had, correct? I've heard some prognostication that they could uh, possibly take this to the U.S. Supreme Court, but on different things like uh, the questions of conflict of interest of the justices that when they ran for office in 2020 took a million dollars each uh, two justices in particular from Governor J.B. Pritzker to their campaign coffers. Uh, there's there's some speculation in some circles that say, well, you could take that challenge to the uh, uh, U.S. Supreme Court. But uh, uh, indication is that this is this is now the law of the land. And uh, unless there's some kind of Hail Mary uh, legal uh, option out there that somebody wants to test, uh, that's that's possible, I guess. Anybody can file a lawsuit. But um as of right now, yep, September 18th, that's the day that uh, we're going to be the first state in the nation to end cash bail statewide. And just going back to the um, political donation aspect of the story that you mentioned, the two ju- uh, the two justices who now are sitting on the Illinois Supreme Court, they were not on the Illinois Supreme Court last year. Uh, they were running for office last year. Governor Pritzker donated a million dollars to each of their campaigns, and then there were, they were elected. They won their elections in November, seated in January. There were calls for them to recuse themselves from some of these cases that are closely tied to Pritzker, but they declined to do that, essentially. In the case that State Representative Dan Calkins brought against Illinois' gun and magazine ban in the Illinois Supreme Court, uh, his attorneys did make an official motion to have Justice Elizabeth Rochford and Mary O'Brien recuse themselves. Uh, and that official motion was denied by both the justices and by the court, saying that uh, there was no grounds for uh, the recusal. Uh, so that was denied in the case concerning the gun and magazine ban, which is still pending. We don't have an outcome in that case, uh, but you could see how the concerns in that case could easily overlay onto the concerns of the outcome for the, uh, the Pretrial Fairness Act and ending cash bail. Interesting uh, court decision that could affect uh, many folks in Illinois uh, starting in September. We'll see how it plays out. More news this week in the ComEd slash Michael Madigan slash ComEd 4 corruption trial. Uh, you covered this story. Prosecutors um, have ended the deferred prosecution agreement or have ended any prosecution of ComEd after they cooperated with federal authorities and their corruption uh, investigation into Madigan and, and some of his associates. What's going on here? Yeah, late last week, uh, there was a lot of activity in the uh, federal uh, court case concerning Madigan and one of his uh, uh, close confidants, um, Tim Mapes, who was actually Madigan's chief of staff and uh, the house clerk for years under Madigan. Uh, He's charged with uh, lying to investigators and obstruction of justice, uh, and he faces trial next week. And there was uh, a lot of uh, uh, motion from the defense in the case saying they need to suppress some of the evidence and. And the prosecutors came back and said, nope, they have to tell the jury about these audio recordings because it shows that Mapes had a conduit through Michael McLean, who was found guilty part of the ComEd 4 and faces trial next year with Mike Madigan, uh, that uh, Mapes used uh, McLean as a conduit to get messages to Madigan. So that happened last week. Also last week, federal prosecutors motioned for the court to deny uh, a, a request from Madigan's defense that the case be dismissed. And ultimately, the prosecutor said that Madigan's reasoning is flimsy uh, and that Madigan uh, is the, uh, uh, the, the the key figure behind a corrupt enterprise, federal prosecutors said. So that was last week. And then this week, three years to the date, 
date that it was revealed in the summer of 2020 that uh, federal prosecutors entered a deferred prosecution agreement, which uh, is exactly what it sounds like. It deferred prosecution of ComEd, but the agreement had ComEd pay $200 million fine for its role in the corruption scheme, which had ComEd giving little to do nothing jobs and contracts to Madigan Associates in exchange for favorable legislation to help ComEd. That was what uh, ComEd essentially agreed to three years ago. But the deferred prosecution agreement came to an end and a federal judge this week decided to drop the charges against ComEd. So a pretty big book being closed in the case when it comes to what federal prosecutors say was a nearly decade long bribery scheme in order to curry favor of Madigan in exchange for favorable legislation. Um, so while ComEd doesn't face those charges anymore, you still got the case that Madigan faces next year. He's pleaded not guilty in this. Uh, you've got the Tim Mapes case. This comes just a few months after uh, the ComEd four were found guilty after a jury trial. Uh, so the, the case continues. Now, what's interesting here is uh, you've got uh, some that say this is the wrong message being sent to close the case against ComEd. Uh, I talked with State Representative Ryan Spain, who was actually on the Special House Investigating Committee that was looking into the conduct of Madigan in late 2020, if you remember that entire saga. Uh, but uh, Spain, he said that closing the case on ComEd sends the wrong message that ComEd could pay a $200 million fine for its role in this corruption scheme. While it's got more than $2 billion in benefits from the legislation that passed, Spain says that is not a good message to send. It tells other bad actors that all they have to do is pay a small fine and still reap the benefits of corruption. Uh, plus, we still have yet to see any substantive ethics reforms at the state house uh, and uh, really no uh, indication from leading Democrats that their former leader was corrupt. Uh, it's really kind of been radio silence when it comes to uh, discussions about corruption and ethics reforms at the Illinois state house, despite all we've seen play out over the past three years. So next steps then Greg in this, Michael Madigan himself face faces trial next spring. The feds still need ComEd's cooperation, I assume, in that trial. Tim Mates, as you also mentioned earlier, also faces uh, um, trial. Essentially, is that the next big action we expect, activity we expect in this case? Yeah, I imagine uh, at some point the courts are going to have to uh, ultimately decide um, on on the the motions that were filed by Mapes and uh, the response from the the prosecutors and both the Mapes and the Madigan case. That'll be the, the the next page to turn. But yeah, the the jury trials in both of those cases I think are going to be closely watched, especially Mapes next month because there's more audio evidence that's expected uh, between Mapes and between McLean. Maybe we'll hear more Madigan tapes. Uh, So there's a lot more evidence that's uh, still going to be put on the table for uh, not just the jury, but for the uh, the general public to observe. Thank you for that update, Greg. Look forward to further reporting on that that listeners can uh, read at the centersquare.com. Moving on, we've talked a few times on Illinois in Focus about the, the growing migrant issue in Chicago, but elsewhere in Illinois. 
since President Joe Biden has taken office, uh, more than 8 million people have been documented uh, trying to uh, enter the U.S. illegally. Um, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been busing uh, many of these migrants to uh, so-called sanctuary cities across the country. That includes Chicago. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has said the the state wants to do what it is can to um, support these migrants who have come from uh, from Central America, Mexico, elsewhere across the world. Um, but now, uh, particularly when it comes to health care, there's concerns about there's significant concerns about growing taxpayer costs for that health care in 2020. The state of Illinois uh, decided to include in its budget um, the uh, taxpayer subsidies for undocumented migrants over the age of 65 to cover their health care costs. Uh, then in 2022, they uh, expanded that to include uh, those over the age of 42 or older uh, to have the health care of those undocumented migrants covered by Illinois taxpayers. At the time, we were told it's only going to impact, you know, a few thousand people and it's only going to cost a couple of million dollars. Well, earlier this year, a report comes out that estimates uh, the growing uh, costs ballooned to more than a billion dollars. I think it was close to $1.8 billion or so. Uh, Either way, uh, it definitely went from uh, just a few million dollars to a billion plus. So uh, that led to at the tail end of budget talks for this fiscal year uh, that we're currently in that started July 1st. Uh, Even the governor acknowledged that uh, there had to be some cost controls on this. So legislators put in the budget, seemingly arbitrarily, a $550 million cap on what state taxpayers are going to cover for undocumented migrant costs to health care. There was a hearing today after the governor has uh, had emergency rules and some uh, permanent rules in dealing with how they manage the costs. A hearing with the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules was held this week to, to review those rules. And there was a lot of pushback from both sides of the aisle against the Pritzker administration on this. You have those who support the program upset that the governor closed part of the program to shore up the costs. So as part of the uh, beginning of the the fiscal year, July 1st, the governor said that they're going to close the cohorts of 45, uh, rather 42 to 64. So they were no longer going to be eligible for this program. People pushed back and said that that was sudden and they didn't think that that was going to be part of it. Uh, But others on the Republican side, they pushed back saying that the overall cost is unbearable. uh, And that was kind compounded by a Pritzker administration official with the Department of Human Services saying that they're spending about $120 million a month on this program. And if that continues, that's going to eat up the $550 million that's budgeted, which means they could be out of funds for the program by this fall. Dan, the last, last I checked, a fiscal year is not three or four months. A fiscal year is a full 12 months. So we'll be watching this closely as well as that continues to develop on how much taxpayers are going to be paying for undocumented migrant health care. I think I'll need to fact check you on that, Greg, but I do think you are correct that the fiscal year is 12 months. So $550 million was budgeted. $120 million a month is the actual cost. I can do the math in my head and that's, yeah, that's a, that's barely four months into the fiscal year. So what's next with this? We still have the border crisis going on. There are more and more migrants entering the, uh, the country. More and more of them are still being bused to places like Chicago. I imagine there's only going to be more foreign nationals who cross the border, the southern border that are come up to Illinois. So this problem's not going away anytime soon. 
No, and actually, uh, the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules plans to meet again next month with the Pritzker administration in a meeting to further go over the costs, the estimates, how they're paying this out, what the co-pays are, and all the other rules that are being implemented uh, here as we've got the fiscal year ongoing. Uh, So, yeah, there's still a lot more questions to be had on this and uh, how taxpayers are ultimately going to be footing the bill. Thank you, Greg, for that insight on that story and all the stories we talked about. Our listeners can keep up with our Illinois coverage at thecentersquare.com. For Greg Bishop, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe and thank you for listening.